Welcome, you're listening to the Agile Unemployment Podcast, where in each episode, we take an in-depth look at being out of work. We'll talk about the programs and benefits available to you. We'll talk about the job hunting process itself. And most importantly, we're going to address the psychological and emotional impact that being out of work has on the individual. I'm your host, Sabina Sulat. I'm an HR expert and author. A few years ago, I lost my dream job and found myself unemployed for the first time in my life. I was frustrated by the lack of resources and information available to people out of work. But more than that, I was just stunned by the fact that we don't talk about unemployment. I took my experience and I turned it into a book and I now coach people to build resilience while they're out of work. If you are out of work, if you recently lost your job or maybe you've been unemployed for a while or maybe you're just afraid that you might lose your current job, this is the place to be. We're a safe place where we can talk about all aspects of being out of work. We can answer your questions and we can help you build resilience so that when you go back to work, you are stronger and more confident than ever. So let's get started. Welcome to the Agile Unemployment Podcast. I am beyond excited about today's guest and the first official guest of the podcast. It is only fitting that it is the fabulous Andy Storch. Andy is a speaker, author, man of many talents, and author of the book, own your career, own your life. So Andy, welcome. Sabina, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. This is exciting. Starting a new podcast. I'm honored to be one of your first guests. You are the first guest. You are the (sighs) first person I thought of when I wanted guests and you were my first call. I love it. I appreciate that. And And I'm glad that it wasn't because you called like 15 other people and they all said no. And then you're like, well, I guess I'll have Andy on and see what happens. Nope. Yeah, I've had this planned for over a year and it just took me a year to get a podcast together. So hey, that's all right. Sometimes it takes a while to get things done. I think with me, it was just the editing skills. I have no problem talking. It's the kind of technical piece. But here we are. Here we are. Not even a week into launch of the podcast and already interviewing esteemed guests. Why don't you kind of tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Yeah your journey to where you are now? Because I think those things are really important. Sure. Yeah. Um, And we can go as deep or anywhere you want with this conversation, of course. Um, You know, today I am an author, speaker, consultant, uh, mostly in the corporate space. Uh, I work with companies to uh, help them improve engagement and retention by teaching their people how to own their careers and prepare for the future. Uh, And that is based on my book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life. I do a lot of speaking and training and, of course, uh, have the book as well. And I also run, as you know, uh, a podcast for talent development professionals and a membership community called the Talent Development Think Tank. Uh, My career has been a wide-ranging, meandering career, trying lots of different things. It was not a straight, you know, shot to get to where I am today. Um, you know, college got a college degree, got into the idea of entrepreneurship, uh, went into some startups. Nothing worked out. Uh, had some absolute terrible managers, bosses. Um, got into the corporate world uh, with like you know decent job and salary and benefits, but found mostly jobs that didn't fit my strengths at all. Always felt sort of empty and unfulfilled in in these jobs. And then got a very lucky break 
uh, when I was around 30 years old uh, from a friend who got me into a consulting company, a consulting job with this boutique consulting firm uh, that allowed me to uh, get into facilitation and running workshops for executives and leaders and managers and employees at big companies all over the world. And throughout that time, I learned a lot about business and finance and strategy and success. This is on top of uh, even more so than, you know, from the MBA that I got before that. And um, I also observed a lot of people kind of drifting through their careers. They were operating in reaction mode, waiting for other people to tell them what to do or, or where to go. And it doesn't mean they weren't or couldn't be, you know, quote unquote, successful. Many people who were sort of moving up the corporate ladder but a lot of times they would wake up in their 50s or 60s and ask like, what the heck have I been doing right with my career and and start to wonder, could I be more intentional? Could I be doing more with my career, with my life? And uh, I, I knew there had to be a way to, to help some of those people. So I put that in the back of my head and I started going my own personal development journey uh, starting in 2016 when I was listening to a podcast actually. And I heard a man named Hal Elrod who wrote a book called The Miracle Morning and I immediately got that book and uh, read it, and it absolutely changed my life. And and the you know the idea behind the book is basically that you uh, start your day with intention. You get up an hour earlier than you need to uh, to do things like meditation, reading, writing, affirmations, exercise, things like that. Um, and instead of waking up and going right into reaction mode, being really intentional with your day, and that kind of set me on a path, a journey of personal development and personal growth and and self discovery. Uh, of you know learning about who I am and what I truly want to do, and I started reading a lot of books, listening to a lot of podcasts, um, you know, figuring out what I wanted to do, and I felt a strong pull back towards entrepreneurship. This is what I really wanted to do. I wanted to be running my own business, kind of control my own destiny, and I wasn't even sure why at the time. Um, I figured out that a lot of that out later, and and you and I can discuss that. Um, but I also discovered throughout that time that one of the reasons. Early on, earlier before that, that I was feeling like something was missing in my life was because I have such a need and a hunger for growth. And I think a lot of people can probably relate to this and don't realize it until you discover it, that I had such a need for growth and I wasn't really growing in my career and my life before. I mean, things were fine. Everything looked great on paper, right? I was in consulting, a six-figure salary, had a wife and a kid, another one on the way. Um, but it just wasn't like something seemed like it was missing. And what I discovered was, was growth. I have this need to be learning and growing all the time. And so I started really diving into that and going on this journey to become an entrepreneur and tried a lot of different things. And I started, like I said, reading books, listening to podcasts, going to conferences, joining mastermind groups and membership communities and hiring coaches. And it eventually led me to becoming an independent consultant and then eventually going completely out on my own, starting my own business, um, in doing different, the things that I talked about earlier. Um, and what I learned throughout that time is that I, I built this career for myself that was really fulfilling. And I learned so many great lessons along the way. I knew that I had a lot of experience that I could use to help others. And it hit me one day that I could put this together in the form of a book, uh, like you've done as well, uh, a guidebook to really help people. And it was about owning your career. It's not about necessarily going towards entrepreneurship because that's not for everybody, right? Not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur or run their own business. Most people like the idea of working for a company. They want the safety, the security. They want to be part of something bigger, a team and all that sort of stuff. And so I wanted to create a, a roadmap for them because not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, but what everybody does want, I believe, is to feel fulfilled in their career and to be happy in their life. 
And um, I felt like I had the potential to help people with that. And so that's why I published the book and then set my intention to go out and build a business around that book as a speaker, trainer, consultant, et cetera. And uh, I ran into some challenges and speed bumps along the way. COVID kind of shut down the entire world and definitely speaking industry. Uh, but things have started to come back and, uh, you know, I've overcome other challenges, of course, as well. Uh, but I've been able to build this business that I love and a career that I love. And I really want to be able to do the same for others, which is why I'm on a mission to teach and inspire more people to own their careers and their lives. Wow. I've known you, I think we're going on two years. Yeah. Something like that. Two years. And I've definitely watched you like explode on the, on mm -hmm. the scene, as we say, uh, you're mm -hmm. definitely a, a very popular speaker. Every time I talk to you, there's a new speaking engagement. You're kind of starting this movement of own your career, own your life. Yeah. And it's such a simple message, but I think a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, you have to be Andy and have the MBA and the book and everything. Mm. And I like what you say, if not everybody wants to be the entrepreneur, not everyone's right. geared towards it. Where I where I really like your message is this intentionality and mm -hmm. mindfulness. And one thing that I see you post a lot about, you've said this a lot in talks that I've been to of yours and meetings where things don't happen to you, they happen for you. Yes. And I think the message for the audience here is, I always say this, and it's the fact that your unemployment period you kind of have these two choices. One is to race through it, get another job. And I think that's a huge mistake. Mm. And you and I have talked about, it could be this period of recreation of yeah. transformation. So maybe if you could talk for a few minutes about people all the time, when they lose their jobs, they doubt yeah. their skill set. I was yeah. there. It's really hard to get up and get them. What would you say to somebody who's out of work, who's like, I can't own my career or my yeah. life, I'm unemployed? Yeah, oh, there's so much there. And I appreciate <laughs> you bringing that up because I know this is a challenge for a lot of people. Uh, the biggest thing there is the mindset piece, uh, which is what you're getting to. And I have a chapter in my book about mindset and the importance of taking an ownership mindset, uh, as well as using uh, leveraging a growth mindset, which comes from the book, Mindset, New Psychology of Success by Dr. Carol Dweck. Um, but taking an ownership mindset, um, the components of that, uh, I sort of made this up, but I think it's, you know, relatable for a lot of people is uh, number one, to focus all of your energy as much as possible on things that are within your control and try not to worry so much about things that are outside of your control. So, uh, what's out, there's a lot of things outside of our control, right? Like the politics, the world economy, you know, the stock market, whether the company you work for decides to keep you or lay you off or change strategies or all those things, right? Your boss, your spouse, your kids, your pets, none of these things are really within your control, right? The only thing that's within your control is how you respond to these situations, how you show up, how you spend your time, how you treat other people, how you treat yourself, and how you approach these challenges that you might be facing. Control, we're just waiting for these things to come our way, and then we've got to deal with them. Uh, to the belief that life happens for you. And it's strange when you first adopt it, but the idea that everything in your life is a blessing, it is an opportunity, even the really hard stuff, even when you get laid off, even when you get sick, even when you know things don't go your way, it starts raining 
Uh, actually, just started raining outside here. I might have some outdoor event planned, right? And it didn't it didn't quite go my way, right? This stuff happens, right? Challenges pop up all the time. And uh, what I've noticed in talking to a lot of people when you bring this up is that uh, hindsight is is key, right? Because these challenges seem so horrible in the moment, and then they often lead us to other things that we didn't think were possible, right? So the the classic story I love is someone who gets laid off, loses their job thinks this is the most awful thing. You know, I didn't love that job, but it was okay. And I like having a salary and being able to support my family, right? And pay my my bills. So this is terrible. And then three, six, nine weeks later, however long it takes, they get the next job that turns out to be a dream job, right? Even better job mm -hmm. that you never would have found if you hadn't, you know, got laid off in the first place. Okay, so there's that, right? And not everything works out that you always get, you know, the dream job after that. But what if you choose to see this period as a blessing and as an opportunity. And the key thing is here, I wouldn't have chosen this, right? However, it is what I'm dealing with right now. It is the situation that I'm in right now. Uh, and so I'm going to make the most of it. And Sabina, you know, uh, since we've known each other, I've gone through um, some major health challenges. I had cancer last year. And when I got cancer, and luckily I'd done all this work ahead of time, uh, my thought was, uh, this, is a this is a challenge. This is not what I would have chosen but I'm going to own this situation. I'm going to make the most of it, right? I'm not going to sit around and complain about it because that's not going to help anything, right? That's not going to improve anything. And I'm not saying we can't ever be upset about the things that happen in our lives. There are some pretty bad and, and hard things that happen. Um, what I'm saying is that we can we can choose to see these as opportunities, turn challenges into opportunities. And then what can you use this opportunity for? You know, maybe you've been thinking about switching careers. Maybe you've been thinking about trying to do a different job. Maybe you've been thinking about taking up a hobby. You didn't have time before and you can make a little bit of time for it, right? Maybe you think about getting into some consulting or starting your own business. Maybe you want to take a trip and you put it off. And yeah, I know it's harder when you don't have a salary, but maybe this is a once in a lifetime opportunity because quite frankly, most people work nonstop from the time they're 16 until the time they're 65 on average and rarely take more than one to two weeks off ever from working unless someone forces them to, right? Or they have a baby. And is that really taking time off? I don't know, because you still have a baby to take care of, right? Otherwise, uh, most people don't take that much time off. So could you see it as an opportunity is what I would put out there, recognizing mm -hmm. that it's not easy. You've been through it, Sabina, um, mm -hmm. but but it's possible with a mindset shift. Yeah, I there's, first of all, a ton to unpack from all of that. It's yeah. never just... It's never just a one-off with Andy. There's always a lot <laughs> of information. Layers, there's layers. A, <laughs> there's a couple of things I'm thinking about here. I think you're right about the kind of the mindset and adapting that mindset. And I that's the hardest part. Once you do that, the rest comes so easily. Mm. And I think you, ha you have a really good point. It's a choice. You choose to be happy. You choose to see this as an opportunity. And one thing I really like from your book and your own story is the empowerment of it all. I'm not the victim here. It's happened for me. Right. I might not know why. It's almost like this is your origin story if you're a superhero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know and, why this happened, but. And I want to go back to where I really, I really admire you. I mean, I. I liked meeting you. I got an incredible amount of information and support from you. But one thing that really stood out, and I hope it's okay that I'm sharing this, sure. 
I, well, you don't know what I'm sharing yet. <laughs> I, <laughs> I remember the, you sent me a, it was either a LinkedIn message or an email. You told me about your health issue, but what I, I just walked away thinking, this is just an incredible human being because you then followed it up with like, Hey, I might not be in touch. This is going on. And then you said, I'm really thinking of sharing my story with other people to help them through it. And I just thought, wow, this is a really rare person who in the middle of a health issue looks at it as, okay, what can I, what can I learn out of this and what can I help other people with? And I think that's how people need to look at being out of work is not why is this happening, but why me? Like, mm -hmm. why not me? Mm -hmm. And what can I gain from this experience that I mm -hmm. can either take to the next phase or show to someone else? I like that kind of mindful approach and that almost selfless approach yeah. of what you do by owning your career. So I've made this decision. I'm out of work. I've made the decision of I'm going to buy Andy's book and Sabina's book. And then <laughs> I'm going to totally thrive in my unemployment and right. own it. right what's my next step? I'm adopting the mindset. Yeah. What's my next step? Yeah. Cause I think uh, that's harder. Agree. I think step two is harder. I agree. You, you gotta, you gotta start with that mindset shift. And, um, I just want to go back to what you said, because I have a strong belief that every challenge, when we go through a major challenge, whether it be career relationship, health, etc., uh, it qualifies us to be able to help others who are going to go through similar challenges. And we love to think that we are unique snowflakes in this world, right? But if we're honest, every possible challenge under the sun has been experienced before and will be experienced again, right? There's very little that is so unique. And therefore, like if you're facing a challenge like unemployment or something else, find somebody who has been through it before and get help like Sabina with unemployment or me with cancer, and then look for ways to help others who will come after you. I love the metaphor of the mountain climber on the mountain. There are always people ahead of us on the mountain. There are always people behind us, and we need to be willing to ask for help from the people ahead of us and also always be reaching our hands back to help those behind us. And, and I'll, I'll get to the answer to your question, but I know you have something you want to add as well. I know. I, I love that. And I'm laughing here because uh, we... I'm thinking of another exchange where you and I had, where we both, we didn't question our ability to be experts, but it was this thing of like, we had a conversation of what made us experts. Mm. And that is exactly what made us experts. Just what yeah. you said, that mountain right. metaphor of, yeah. I've been through something. Yeah. I now have this desire to help others, mm -hmm. but I know I still have places to go myself. That's right. I still have development that I need and that continuous thing. I think you just totally defined expert right there. Yeah, that's it. I mean, who is an expert? What makes someone an expert? Either they've been through a lot of experiences or they've interviewed a lot of other people who have been through experiences, right? right? They've studied it relentlessly. Um, there's no like global definition of what an expert is. Um, okay, so side note on cancer, if anybody listening is dealing with cancer or have a loved one who's dealing with cancer, I created a document laying out all of my experience, my research, and my advice to help others, because I do believe that uh, 
getting, there was a reason for me to get cancer, that it was a blessing uh, because it allows me, it did happen for me because it allowed me to help others. So you can get that document by going to andystorch.com slash cancer, A-N-D-Y-S-T-O-R-C-H.com slash cancer. Okay. So let me get to your, uh, your question about, okay, what now, right? Like you've gotten laid off. You're like, okay, I've gotten laid off. I listened to Andy and Sabina. I chose to see this as an opportunity. Okay, what do I do with this? This is great. What do I do with this now, right? Um, so the next thing I think is to use this time for some self-reflection, something that most people don't stop and do uh, very often, right? Uh, that's sit down in a quiet space with a cup of coffee or tea and a notebook and a pen and uh, spend some time writing. Right? really reflecting on your life and your career and how you got to where you are today. First and foremost, look back at what happened and how you got to where you are. And that whole idea of like, I got laid off, forget the victim mentality, try to take responsibility for a moment. What could, what did I do that got me here? And not, it's not about feeling guilty or bad, but like, what could I have maybe done differently in the past? And what do I like? And what do I not like about this situation? And then, um, oh, actually, you know, this would be a good time to introduce uh, it, I have three questions that I like to ask anytime I'm facing a big challenge. Uh, so the first question is, what is great about this, right? What's the silver lining? Like, I did not want to get laid off, but you know what? Now I'm home and I get to walk my dog more often. And, you know, I get to watch my favorite TV show, like whatever it is, just find some kind of silver lining in it, right? Number two, what can I learn from this, right? What happened that led up to this? Is there anything I could have done differently? Uh, how can I prepare for this situation in the future, et cetera, right? And then number three is, what does this make possible, right? And I think what it makes possible is that you are now free to go find that next job or start that business or whatever it is that was waiting for you that you couldn't have done before if your former employer did not give you permission to go out and do this, right? They did not bless you with this opportunity, right? Okay, so now what do you do? Going back to the self-reflection, thinking about how you got to where you are, and then starting to really think about who you are. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What do you like doing? What did you like about the, your career before? What did you not like? Uh, what are your values? What are the things that you really care about? What are your energizers, the things that really light you up and get you excited? Um, what do you see as your purpose? Is there anything that really drives you? Uh, is there something that has been burning inside of you that you've always really wanted to pursue, but you just couldn't do it, right? You didn't feel like you could do it before. Uh, and then where do you see yourself going? Where would you truly like to go with your career? If I could wave a magic wand, right? Is there some sort of thing that you've always thought about? Maybe you set the, oh, I'd really love to do this thing. And then here's the more realistic option based on my experience, that sort of thing. Uh, and then once you have that clear vision of what you want to do, start to make a plan, right? Put it in, in, into action, make a plan because you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't get on a plane, you wouldn't expect a pilot to get in a cockpit and not have a plan to know exactly where they're going to go and how they're going to get there. And even though challenges might come up, right, turbulence, they might have to fly around a storm, they are still, they have contingencies and they are going to get you to your destination. And you wouldn't get in behind the wheel of your car without a clear destination in mind, most of the time, unless you're just, quote unquote, going for a drive. Uh, and so you want to have a plan, you want to have a, a vision for where you want to go and a plan in place. And I understand, Sabina, you know this sort of market and what people are dealing with more than I do. I know there are different levels of desperation, mm -hmm. right, in this situation from, hey, I saved up three months and I can spend some time being methodical about my job search to, holy crap, 
I have no way to pay my mortgage next month. I need something, right? Mm-hmm. So recognize the situation that you're in, make a plan, define what is ideal for you, and then you know deal with your needs right now. And also start working, make taking action on a regular basis. Uh, it probably includes networking, doing other things. They're going to help you find that next job or start that business, whatever you're trying to do. I love all of this. And again, I think it's that taking control you and I talk all the time about things like, you know, the great reshuffle, the great resignation, mm-hmm. great realignment, call it whatever you want. And to me, I think it's people finally taking control of of their jobs. Your book is definitely having a ripple effect. Yeah, I and- think I think the COVID, pa- sorry to interrupt. I think the COVID pandemic caused a lot of people to do some reflecting. There wasn't much going on before. And now you're working from home for the first time. There's no one over your shoulder. Maybe I'm going to sit back and do I really like this work? And then a lot of people decided like, oh, I'd like to try to do something else. And that's where we got a lot of people moving around. It forced that introspection, that reflection you were talking about Mm -hmm. because you couldn't go out. You sheltering in place, staying in place. Yeah. You can only watch so much TV. Right. And you can only rearrange your closet so many times. So I think a lot of people (laughs) took up things like, meditation, reflection, and that makes you think, wait a minute, I need a change. And yeah. and people are taking it. You touched on something with the mountain analogy, and you said it earlier that I think is really important. For those of you who've read my book, this is where I interviewed Andy for this part, largely because if you haven't noticed, Andy's a bit of an extrovert. But... <laughs> <laughs> I just like to talk. I know, but you're good at it. And so I asked you in the interview to talk about networking and the importance of it. And you said it, we said it a couple of times in this conversation, the importance of connecting with other people. Again, that's another thing that's kind of hard because as I always say, we don't talk about being out of work. Mm. I'm going to change that. So how do we how do we network when we're out of work? Yeah. Like give give us a couple of quick pointers and ideas. And then I want to talk about the networking group you created because that's yeah. become very important to me. So Yeah. So I will um caveat this by saying that um Sabina, as you know, we, we talked about this right before. I have not been exactly in that situation. I have been in plenty of situations where I had a job and I didn't like it. (laughs) I felt like I was underpaid or whatever else, right? But I haven't been in the exact situation where I was laid off. I was completely out of work and I was, you know, really looking for that next job. And I'm I'm not employed anymore. I run my own business, um, you know, by choice. But I have been very intentional about networking for the last 17 years, I would say. You know, I grew up very shy, but I, I made a big shift that this was important. Um, I changed when I actually read a book uh, in 2005 called Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. Uh, great networking book. It's, it's a little outdated at this point, uh, but uh, some great principles in there. And I wrote two chapters about networking in my own book because it has been so, so essential to my success and everything that I've achieved has come from relationships. Almost every job that I've had in my career has come from a relationship going all the way back to my very first job when I was 15 My mom got me a job working for the county highway maintenance crew outside here in sunny central Florida in the summer. It was hot as hell. And uh, I learned an important lesson that uh, I need to get a college degree because I don't want to work outside. 
Um, <laughs> but my next job, I don't even know how she had that connection. I still, I need to ask her. Uh, but the, my next job, uh, my, my best friend got me working at a pharmacy, right. And on and on, I got a job at a restaurant after that through a friend. And, uh, you know, like I said, almost every job I've had and business opportunity has come through relationships and, you know, that's not always available to us, but I found that the more networking you do, the more relationships you build, the more value you uh, give to others, uh, the more there is available to give back to you. And you need to dig your well before you're thirsty, as they say, and and start building this now and not wait until. So first and foremost, you know, don't wait until you're unemployed, right? Like start building this network now. The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. And the second best time is today, right? Just like with your podcast, Sabina, uh, you didn't start it a year ago, but you started it today, which is the perfect time, right? So the best time is now. Um, if you find yourself in, uh, in a situation where you're unemployed and you need to find the next thing, uh, I would be very intentional and active with my networking. And I would be on LinkedIn, depending on what kind of job you're looking for. But if you're in the sort of the corporate space, white collar work, as they say, uh, knowledge worker space, I would be on LinkedIn uh, every day for a couple hours a day. That would that would be where I would live. There's probably other things you can be doing. So going back to the reflection piece, you set your intention on what's the type of work you want to do, right? Is it is it computer programming, data scientist? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Is it IT, et cetera? Is it HR, learning and development? And then find people out there on LinkedIn who are doing the job that you are doing and send them a connection request with a custom message that says something to the effect of, hey, I saw that you work uh, in learning and development. I am in that field as well, and uh, I'm looking for new opportunities. And I just want to see if we can grab a, you know, a virtual coffee, if I can chat with you to ask you questions about your career to see what I can learn from you, right? I call this the informational interview. I don't think I made that up, but you are asking people just for a little bit of information in their time, just like Sabina, when you reached out and interviewed me for your book, you are not asking them for a job. That is very important, right? Because that puts people in an awkward situation. I don't know you that well. I don't know if I want to put my reputation on the line to give you a job, but if you just want some of my time to ask me questions, Sure, I'm happy to do that, right? Especially if there's some some something that can tie us together, like we both work in HR or L&D, or we have the same alma mater, we went to the same college, we're from the same town, whatever it may be, right? Look for those uh, those commonalities, those connections, and reach out to people. Not everybody will respond. Not everybody will say yes. But if you reach out to 100 people over the course of a month and 30 of them say yes, you could have 30 phone calls with people and Again, you're not asking them for a job. You're just making connections and getting curious and asking people questions. But if you do a good job with that and you are impressive to people, I can guarantee some of them will want to make further introductions for you. And that might, obviously there's no guarantees in life, but that might lead to more connections that could lead to a job, right? So yeah. don't don't stop applying for things online, um, but I'm a big fan of taking the networking route and I'm gonna be working connections and talking to people and saying, Hey, you know, I got laid off. I'm looking for my next opportunity. I really want to work in HR or finance uh, for a technology company or whatever. Get as specific as you can. Do you know anybody in this space? Meanwhile, mm -hmm. going on LinkedIn and making those connections. And uh, you'd be amazed at what is possible out there just by being methodical and going and making a lot of connections and seeing what happens from it. I agree. And one of my favorite, I love stats. And one of my favorite stats that shocks people is, and I think it's higher than this, but 70% of 
of all job openings never even get published. They're not on, mm. they're not on LinkedIn. They're not on the website. Yep. Yeah. It's an internal referral. Yep. And that's one of the reasons why even when out of work, keeping current in trends in your field and what's happening and connecting with people is essential. One of the things I found that has definitely helped me, I'm pretty isolated. I was isolated in COVID, mm. isolated as I built my business, but Andy had started this great group called the Talent Development Think yeah. Tank. We meet weekly. We keep our skills current, which mm -hmm. is great, um, yep. but it's also this great support group. I have gotten I've gotten contract work from the group. I know you were surprised when you found out that that yeah, that's great. For me. And it's been it. from more than one person. Yeah, I love and it. we have a little job board in Slack. But can then, I stop you for a second? Yeah, because I created this group to help connect people and create community and help people learn from each other. I have benefited greatly from uh, investing in and being part of membership communities. Like I said, I wanted to be an entrepreneur, so I joined communities for entrepreneurs, for people who are pursuing you know, running a business, that sort of thing. And I still pay to belong to a community for consultants who sell into the corporate space because that's what I want to do. And I want to learn from the woman who created that group and all the other people who are doing things, right? Um, you mentioned my group. So uh, first of all, I want to say that if you're in this situation, you can find a group of yeah. people that are in that field. I know that's where you're going is not only go there, but chances are there's going to be a fee associated with it. Pay the fee. I know it's hard. I, you're I like, agree. I'm unemployed. I know you're, you're, you were going there too. Like cancel Netflix and freaking join, <laughs> right? Do the, Invest pay for the thing yourself. that's going to, yeah, right. It's going to make the connections. And then the second thing I just wanted to say, the reason I interrupted and I got excited was because I know the reason why you have gotten those consulting gigs is not because you just happened to be in this group or that you went in there and started asking people for things. It's because you have been active and engaged and continuously providing value and looking for ways to help other people. And so people like you and they want to be around you and they get impressed with the stuff that you're doing and then they want to hire you, right? And it will be the same thing for anybody else. You've got to go in when you're networking, lead with curiosity, lead with giving value, look to help other people and trust that that is going to work out. And I just, I see you doing that all the time. And I, I, I love that it has been paying off for you, right? That's what we well, got to do. You can't come in asking for stuff. It's not just that. It's right. I mean, the 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 contract work is great, but it's I have friends in real life as a mm. result of this group. You you know you know the members that I like you know privately yeah. chat with during the meetings and so yeah. forth. And there's a bunch of us that meet one on one, a couple, two at a time, things like that. But they're I consider them friends in real life. Yeah. And I'm very grateful for that. I look at being a part of this group as an investment in my well-being, probably more than my professional mm. side of things. And it was so funny when I I had to have a virtual book launch party. Yeah. And when I had it, a lot of my friends from school, a lot of my friends in real life, they were like, who were those other people? <laughs> Everyone from this group who I invited to the book launch came or at least said to me, I can't come yeah. because of this. Like one person was on their way to dinner with their husband and were on the mm. phone. It was phenomenal. Mm. So we're running out of time, which I knew would happen. And Andy's got to go in a few minutes, but I did want to share something because I think it's important. Yeah. Clearly Andy and I are super jazzed on the idea of networking and the importance yeah. of connections. Right. But I will share a story and then I'll let Andy comment on this. 
you might think that, you know, we have an agenda here and we do. We want to help you feel good about yourself, own your career, thrive through your unemployment period. You might wonder if any of this would help you. So I will share my story. It's in the book. People actually love this. I give speeches on it. I told Andy the other day, I've made people cry when I tell this story, but uh, yeah, I, I use our relationship for money, Andy. Sorry. <laughs> use it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> One day we're going to have to do it together. I think yeah, that would be, be very powerful, but here's cool. the story. In March of 2020, early March, could have been late February, I get this connection request on LinkedIn. I'm pretty choosy who I connect with. I it, You usually have to be a friend of a friend or something like that. Nope, this person cold calls me, Andy, wanting to connect. I don't know why, because usually I just kind of let it sit there. I connected. I do not know why I connected with you. I never, I didn't think about it after that. We were sent home from my workplace. I had a job then uh, due to the pandemic. I find myself home in the afternoon, which is super odd because I usually have this horrible commute and I get home in the dark and I get this ping on my phone of Andy's podcast is live. And I'm like, okay, I've got, you know, why don't I listen to a podcast? I'm home. I log in, I start listening to the podcast and Andy is with his book coach, Honoré Cordor, talking about his book. And then Honoré has this message of everybody has a book in them. They should write a book. It was a great conversation. The two of them together are phenomenal. I'm sure it's on Andy's podcast list and I'll send all of these resources to you. At the same time, a friend texts me, are you okay in the pandemic? Do you need, you know, pasta or toilet paper? And I'm like, no, I'm good to go. Thanks. I, he said like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm listening to a podcast. It's this guy, Andy, and this woman, this book woman. I, I wish I'd written the book about being out of work because it could help people now. My friend texted me saying, you know, you could still do that. And I was like, no, that thought did not run through my head. I started writing that night. I emailed Andy saying, you inspired me. I started writing my book. And then Andy kind of hit me with this tsunami of support. Andy reached out to me, hey, if you want to talk about anything. And then he got Honoré to help me. It was phenomenal. Here I am now. I never thought I'd be here where I'm coaching people through unemployment. I'm having a podcast. I never thought I'd have a book. Andy, it is all because of you. Mm. It is because of that singular connection. Mm. And I'm not the only person whose life you've impacted this way. But, and I know I've shared the story and you probably roll your eyes, but no, seriously, it, it, it takes one. It I does. mean, yeah. and so <laughs> now I'll ask you like, do you have any thoughts on that? <laughs> it's phenomenal. Right. And I think many of us have that. I have that story. I think I told you over messenger the other day, it's in my book. You know, when I was in working in, um, I worked in it for an insurance company and I was just totally unfulfilled in my career. And I randomly sent an email to this guy named Adam, Adam Boggs, who I had met through school, but didn't know that well. And just said, Hey, I'm thinking about changing careers. I know you've worked in sales. Can we talk about it? And he came back and said, uh, I just started working for this consulting company. Uh, it might be a good fit for you. You should check it out. Let's talk. And then we talked and then he, he put his reputation on the line and got me an interview. And then he took time to help me prep for that interview. Cause it was a really tough like case interview. 
Uh, I flew up to San Francisco and I nailed this interview because of all the prep work that he had done to help me with it. And I got this job and it completely changed my career and my life. And it all happened because I sent one email to this guy and he decided to respond and, and take the time to help. Right. And same with you. I mean, I'm, I'm here to help anybody, but the mm -hmm. right time you you're the one that accepted the request that reached out. Right. And then of course did the work, right. I could say all day long, Hey, go write a book. Hey, go own your career. Hey, go network. Right. But people got to take action, right? You can right. lead a horse to water. You can't make them drink. And, and and you did the work. You went and, I mean, I talk to people all the time. They're like, oh, I'm thinking about writing a book. I'm like, great, do it. Let me know if I can help. And then I never hear from them again, right? But you did it. You you put the plan in place. You followed the, you followed the plan. You did the work. You put it out there. And now you have an opportunity to help and inspire so many more people as a result. Mm -hmm. So I'm just so impressed with what you did. And I'm grateful that we we connected when we did. And I love that I love that that happened. And honestly, like when I, like the whole mission I'm on, my purpose is besides supporting my family is to help and inspire others and yeah. to make the world a better place. And so of course I love hearing that. It's fantastic. We are back on the mountain where there are people in front That's of right. us. That's right. Uh, who help us. And yeah. then there are people behind us who we help. So That's right. I, again, I, Andy, I will never be able to thank you enough for inspiring me and helping me. And I think you're right. The best way to do it besides being grateful to you is to pay it forward. And yes. so we are at the end and I thank you so much for taking time to be here. It's always a pleasure and anything parting, anything you want to say, share. No, I mean, you know, the the defining message from my book is that nobody cares more about your career than you do. Yeah. And that's even more true when you're unemployed because you no longer have a manager who's sort of looking after you, right? Like nobody cares more about your career than you do. So you've got to be the one to own it. You got to be take one, you know, take a day or two to cry and be upset about it, right? But then get your stuff together, take ownership, take responsibility uh, and say, I'm going to make the most of this situation and go be intentional about pursuing that career. And then remember that uh, those who are successful are the ones with a bias for action. The reason Spina has a book is because she didn't just listen to advice from other people. She actually put a plan into action and made it happen. And now she started the podcast and here we are, right? So whatever your goal is, put a plan together and then figure out what's the next thing that I need to do and go schedule it and make that happen today, tomorrow, next week, whenever it needs to be. Uh, it all starts with taking action. Just put that, take that first step and then take the next step and keep going. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Andy. And I'm sure we'll be talking again. And you know, I'm going to be seeing you in the think tank. So thanks, everybody. And thank you, Andy. Thanks, Avina. And there you have it for today. I hope you learned something or heard something today that is helping you as you are in your out of work journey. And that will help you normalize the conversation about being out of work. If you heard something that resonated with you, please show us support, subscribe, like, or comment on something. If you'd like to learn more information, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Sabina Sula. I'm the only one. You can also reach out to me on my website, reworkingworks.com. You can also email me at ssulat at reworking.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you want to know about private coaching, more about the book, more about the podcast. I wish you luck in your getting back to work journey. 
I hope that you've learned something here that if it hasn't made that journey a little shorter, it's at least made it a little easier. Until next time, thanks for joining.